0: We are so blessed. Oh, how blessed we are. Thank you, Lord. Wise people don't have to lose things to appreciate them. Foolish people do. But not wise people. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Stir yourself up to be thankful all the time. When the conversation lulls and you don't know what to say. It's always appropriate <laughs> lift a hand and say, thank you, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Do you have anything to be thankful? Thank Bless Lord. the Lord, O oh my soul, and forget not all his many benefits. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So many benefits. Hallelujah. Yeah, you've got a lot to be thankful for. There's all kind of bad things that didn't happen that you don't even know about. That the Lord spared you from. You could by faith just thank Him for all the bad stuff that didn't happen. That you didn't let's do it right now. Thank you, Lord, for all the bad stuff that never happened, that you spared us from. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> See, you don't know what you didn't go through. You don't know what you missed, what God spared you from, just out of his mercy. Oh, hallelujah. hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. We could thank God for that all day and all night. Yes, sir. Well, for some weeks now, we've been in the church on Sunday morning on a series that we're calling No Place for the Devil. Does that sound good? No no place for the devil. And our, our main text is here in Ephesians 4. And if you would look with me, Ephesians 4. And about verse 21. Ephesians 4, 21 says, If so be that you have heard him, talking about the Lord, and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus that you put off. Everybody say, put off. Put off concerning the former conversation. uh, that, That word conversation could be translated lifestyle or way or manner of living. Put off your old way of living, the old man, which is corrupt. According to the deceitful lust, verse 23... And be renewed in the spirit of your mind, verse 24, and that you put on the new man. Everybody say, put on. on. So we're uh, instructed to put off the old man and to put on the new man. Now, we'll see this phrase again later. Put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness... And true holiness. But can you see that there is personal responsibility. In that I am to put off. And put away from myself. The old way of living and doing. And I am to put on. What I've been given now new in Christ. So it doesn't just happen automatically. And it doesn't happen independently of you. You and I must put off the old as a choice, as an action, and put on the new. Verse 25, wherefore, putting away lying. Now see, that's the same kind of language. Put it off, put it away, because lying is part of the old man, part of the unregenerate, unsaved, ungodly. So this is an example of putting off the old man. How many understand when you get born again, that should be the end of lying? Should it be? It should be. Uh, it's, it hasn't been. <laughs> Too many lies told in church, church parking lots. Too many lies told uh, between Christians At uh, lunch. After church service. Too many lies. But that is a failure. To put off the old man. It, It doesn't just happen automatically. You don't lose your free will. Because you got born again. You can still yield. To anything you choose to. Good or bad. Which is why. We have to continually make the choice. Put away the old stuff don't pick it back up keep pushing it aside pushing it away putting it off and put on the new man it's a choice putting away lying speak every man truth with his neighbor for we're members one of another be angry and sin not now see this uh, getting mad and sinning that's part of the old man Part of the unregenerate. That's acting like somebody that's not saved. Uh, That doesn't mean that you can't get mad as a believer. Sure, you can get mad. God gets mad, but he doesn't sin. He doesn't do anything wrong when he gets mad. And so, yeah, you can get mad, but don't act and do something in the flesh that's wrong and sin, and don't stay mad. Don't let the sun go down on your wrath. Hmm? Should we observe the scripture? Should we do what we're told in the word? That means you you are not allowed. You're not permitted to stay mad for three days about something. That's you acting like an unsaved person. Are you all with me? I didn't say you were unsaved. I said you're acting like one. If you stay mad for days. Now, you know as well as I, there are Christians that stay mad about stuff for months and years. There's a lot of people still mad about the election. Put put up the scripture. Let not the sun go down. On your, do you believe the Bible or not? Yes. It's time to quit being mad. I said it's time to quit being mad. I said the Bible said Ephesians 4:26. You better stop being mad. Or you will give place to the enemy. That's the very, that's the next verse. If you yield into lying, if you yield into being mad, and you're keeping that anger day after day, and week after week, and month after month, what did it say? Verse 27. Neither give place. Why? That's how you give place to the devil is by staying mad. Staying upset. Are we going to listen to the scripture? Or not? It's too quiet in (laughs) here. I'm going to stay mad. Well, you're buddying up with the devil. You're opening the door for him to come in and cause you all kind of problems. Personal health problems, financial problems, emotional problems. You can't stay mad and upset all the time without it costing you a lot. We're not designed to handle it. Our bodies, our systems, our emotions, our mind are not designed to handle. Staying mad and upset and scared and worried. That's why we're commanded, cast all your care. Over on him. Is that right? Cast it all. All. All of it. Be careful for Nothing. Don't, don't let the sun go down on you being mad. Hmm? And if that's true, it'll show up on your face. huh? Because if you're mad, you look mad. Isn't that right? You don't smile. You're upset. You're miffed. <laughs> but if you're not mad, it shows up. You can smile. Yes. You can have joy. Yes. You can have peace. Hmm? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Casting all your care over on the Lord because he cares for you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He, he, he didn't tell you to do it to aggravate you. He told you to do it because he cares about you. That's right? right? He, wants, he doesn't want you loaded with all that grief and all that anger and all that junk because he knows what it's going to do to you. Right. It's going to hinder him in your life and it's going to open the door to the enemy. It will give place to the devil. Right. Say out loud, Neither. Give place place to the devil. devil. Now the understood subject there is you. You are neither, you are not to give place to the devil. So just like it's up to me to put off the old man, it's up to me to put on the new man, it's up to me not to give place to the devil, a whole lot of it is up to me and up to you. Now, skip on down to the sixth chapter, if you would. All this flows together. Ephesians, the, the whole book, it wasn't written in chapter and verse, it's a letter, and it all flows together. But Ephesians 6 and 10, he's still talking about some of the things that he was introduced in chapter 4. Ephesians 6:10, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord. And in the power of his might. Put on. There's that word again. Right? Put it on. Now this this put on put off. Is the same idea as putting on clothes. Putting on a coat. Or a shirt. Or a robe. You put it on. Or you put it off. Take it off. Now here. Uh, He says, put on what? The whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Now, what he's describing now is spiritual protection. He told us, don't give place to the devil. How do we do that? In these couple of verses here, there's specific uh, instances of specific ways of resisting the enemy, standing against the enemy. He's telling us how. Put on the whole armor of God. Who's going to do this? If we don't do it, it won't be done. We must put on the whole armor of God that we may be able to stand against or to resist the wiles of the devil. Now, some, some folks, when they hear the word devil, they're thinking of some Hollywood-inspired monster that they saw in some horror movie. And that has nothing to do with reality. Reality nothing. In fact, 2 Corinthians tells us that Satan transforms himself into an angel of light. He never comes to you as the devil. Never. So if you're if you're looking for something to resist in a red suit and horns with a pitchfork, that's why you're still waiting. <laughs> but it doesn't mean the enemy Hadn't been trying to, to trick you and fool you because he has. Yes. But have you recognized it? Did you realize what was going on? Most people don't. What, what did the scripture say? Look at that verse again. Be, uh, put on the whole armor of God for what? To what end? So that I can stand against what? Did, it didn't say the power of the devil. No. didn't say the power of the devil. Right? What did it say? Wiles. We would use the word trickery. Trickery. The thing we, need, we, we, we should be the most on the watch is the devil tricking us, deceiving us. And you don't have to look far in the scripture to see examples of this. This is exactly what happened in the garden with Adam and Eve. How did the enemy defeat them and beat them? He didn't come in and overpower them and force them to do what he wanted because he could not. He couldn't. What did he do? He made suggestions. He brought up ideas. He moved to tempt and to draw. Come on, can you see that? His trickery, his wiles, his subtlety, his deceptiveness. The thing we should be the most on the watch for are his carefully crafted lies. And don't kid yourself, he is good at it. He's been practicing on human beings for millennia. He is expert at tricking and deceiving. And he never comes, obviously. He never comes through the front door. He comes from the side where you don't see. He comes from behind. He comes... He'll quote... Half a verse to you that's absolutely true. Try to get you on that and then twist you and take you down a wrong road with it. Did he quote scripture to Jesus? He is very tricky. And here that's what the armor is given to us to protect us from his trickery. From his wiles, so that we're able to stand against them instead of being hurt by them, instead of being misled or overcome by them. So what what is this armor of God? Verse verse twelve. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. People are not our problem. Amen. Come on, you need to say it out loud. People, People. are not my problem. Now the devil will tell you they are. Oh, buddy. <laughs> Is that? I mean, in the beginning, in the book of Genesis, there's how many people on the planet? Four, maybe? Adam and Eve and their two boys? Four people on the planet? And the devil absolutely convinced Cain that Abel was his whole problem in life. That Abel was causing him misery and messing him up. So much so that he, he wound up killing his brother Abel when Abel was not his problem. Abel hadn't done anything to him. But that didn't prevent the enemy from convincing Cain of lies that Abel was his problem. And as long as Abel was around, he couldn't be free. He couldn't be okay. Can you see? Trickery. Did the devil make Cain kill Abel? No, but did he convince him? How was he able to convince him that he needed Abel out of the way? Through his trickery, through his carefully crafted lies, he is very convincing. And he's astute in him. And you could say genius in the way he does these things. He's been around a long, long time. Well, how can you and I, who've only been alive a few days, we're we're so new to all this as human beings that are just born a few years or decades ago. How can we not fall prey to the wiles of the devil? You put on the whole armor of God. This will protect you. Y'all with me today or not? Huh? We interested in this? How many are ready to put on the whole armor of God so the enemy can't trick you, can't deceive you, can't mislead you? We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. Say it out loud. People, People are not my problem. Man, it sure seems like they are. It's the spirits behind them. It's the spirits they're yielding to. And the meanest, most obnoxious people on the planet, you get them saved, you get them cleaned up and filled with the Spirit of God, they'd be your best buddy. But if they're full of the devil, mm, it's tough. But again, it's not the flesh and blood that's the real problem. It's the spirits they're yielding to. Powers, rulers of the darkness of this world, spiritual wickedness, or other translations say wicked spirits in the heavenlies. Verse 13. Wherefore, here we go, take unto you the whole armor of God. He says it again. Put on the whole armor of God. He's already said. Now he says it again. Take to you. Who's going to do this? you You got to take it to you, you got to receive it, you got to put it on you, you got to keep it on you yes, sir. Now I know that you know some people have said, yeah I, every morning I get up and, and I put my armor on i I put my 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 belt on i put my my breastplate on, I put my helmet on uh if you don't know what you're doing, that means nothing, <laughs> and that does nothing, no. What is the armor? Take the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. That's the day of attack, day of problems, and having done all, to stand. Verse 14, stand therefore, and you could also on these words say stand against, stand against. Because, remember, he just got through saying against principalities, against powers, against. And that's what the scripture said in James. Resist the devil and he'll flee from you. There are things we must resist. Don't wait for something with horns and a pitchfork. How's it going to come? How's it going to come? Wilds, trickery. Yeah, but in what form, in what area? Stand, having your loins girt about with truth what's the first piece of armor he mentions somebody says well it's the belt don't get hung up on the belt it's truth he uses these pieces that the Roman soldier used just as a graphic portrayal but don't get hung up on the shield or the helmet or the belt what is the belt the belt is truth What's going to protect me from the lies of the devil? That should be pretty obvious, right? Right off the bat. And it's the first one he mentions. Truth is going to protect me. Oh, somebody say, truth Truth. will protect me. me. Now, the word girt, about, uh, means uh, all around. All around. And uh, it talks about your loins. That has to do with your hips and and this whole area where your hips are. And that's where the belt went. And this is all around us. And gird about with truth. What's that about? Well, with the Roman soldier, the belt was the thing that the sword attached to, that the breastplate attached to, if he wore any legging things they attached to, it was the, the foundation where that everything connected to. That's right. Amen. Can you see the truth is that way? Yes. Right? Truth is what everything connects to. Look with me, let's look at another scripture here. Um, In uh, Ephesians 4, just back up a little bit. See, he had already talked about this. Ephesians 4.14. He said that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive Verse 15, but speaking what? Speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. Verse 14, look at it again. What do you see if you're not established in the truth? You see instability. 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 You see that you're over here, and then you're over there. You're tossed to and fro. You're carried about with every, and I might say changing wind of doctrine. Right? Why? Because you don't know the truth. You're just jumping on every bandwagon that comes along. Anybody that's excited about anything, you go what? What? What are we excited about? You go, come on, jump on! (laughs) There's a new doctrine. Yay! New doctrine. Yay! Not even check it out. (laughs) Well, so and so got a revelation. So and so prophesied. So and so had a vision. So and so had a dream. Whoo! Let's go. What? What about the truth? What about the truth? The truth. Also, you remember uh, the Bible. For instance, the Bible said Elijah. You know, when he uh, uh, he had prayed and didn't rain for months, and then he prayed and, and the rain was going to come back, and and uh, uh, the king came. He told him he better hurry up and, and get out because the the rain was going to catch him. And then the Bible said he uh, Elijah he girded up his loins and he ran for miles, I guess, and outran. <laughs> The Spirit of the Lord came on him. But in preparation to run, he needed to what? He needed to, he needed to get ready to run. In those days, they wore open clothing and loose clothing, uh, not, not the structured stuff that we wear today. And that was not conducive to running. You get trying to run, and the skirts of your robe tangle up with your legs, and you fall. So what did you do? You had to take your, your, your garment and pull it around the side, and you had to gird up your loins and get ready to go. You needed, you needed stability. You needed to get it together so you could, you could go. And what's the thing that's going to give us this stability? It is the truth. The truth. There is a a bad term that's bantered around in the world today. It's called my truth. My truth is. Your truth. Well, I have to be true to my truth? Will go ahead and, and speak your truth? This is an ungodly phrase. You don't want to be using this phrase. Why? Because there's no such thing as your truth. It's either true or it's not. There's the truth. And it's true whether you know it or not. It's true whether you believe it or not. If you say you believe something, it does not make it true. Just because you say you believe something, you're convinced of something? No. The truth is independent of your perception of it. The truth is independent of your concept of it. The truth is independent of your knowledge or awareness of it. The truth is the truth. Hallelujah. It is forever established. Glory to God. And the thing for you and I to do is to is to find out about the truth to feed on the truth yes. and this will give us a, a girding up of our loins it will stabilize us and it'll give us something for everything else to attach to can you see that friends yes. praise be to God let me let me read further on this you're there in Ephesians four um, in First Timothy 3.15, you'll see the same idea. First Timothy 3.15, he said, If I tarry long that you may know how you ought to behave yourself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of the truth. Truth is connected to support. Truth is connected to foundation. If the church doesn't preach the truth and teach the truth, it is not the house of God. It is not the church of God. But what's supposed to happen, and this is one of the most wonderful things. I'm so thankful to be involved in the local churches. Uh, From our little ones to our adults, we are getting established in the truth. The truth of God's word that is forever settled in heaven, heaven and earth actually will pass away. But the truth of his word will never change, will never fade, will never pass away. Everything you're learning right now, child of God, about his word will be good and with you forever. Past this life, throughout eternity, you'll take it with you and you'll just build on it and you'll learn more about the truth as you go. And that girds up your loins. It encircles you. It protects your lower part of your abdomen and lower part of your, uh, your being in the battle. And it protects, I mean, that protects your, uh, uh, in battle, you know, the uh, opponent would try to gut you. They fought with Blades. They fought with swords, knives, and spears. Would try to, you know, ram a a blade into your stomach and and try to gut you. Well, the enemy will try to gut you. What would he do it with? Lies. What will protect you? The enemy try to ram a lie into you and gut you, and it goes ding. (laughs) What was that? (laughs) No, nah, no, nah. I've got the, uh, you know, the stainless steel. I've got the titanium truth. How you like it? Titanium truth. Lies bounce right off. Lies cannot pierce titanium truth. Woo-hoo. The truth doesn't change, but it's why you need to read your chapter. Is that right? Yes, sir. Every day, Monday through Friday, you need to come to church. You need to be in good meetings. You need to hear the truth. You need to see the truth. Not everything you hear preached is the truth. Right. Yes, sir. Not every Christian book you read mm-hmm. is the truth. You need to know enough about the truth that you're not fooled by half-truths. Right? Yes. You need to know enough about the truth. That you're not deceived, you're not misled. Thank God for the truth. And the Lord said, He said, I am the way, the truth. He said, The the, the Word, your Word is truth. Thank God. Said out loud, Lord, open my eyes to see more of your truth and to be established in your Word, in truth. Hallelujah. This is unchanging truth. Glory to God. What, what does the truth protect you from? Lies. Deception. Is that what the enemy is coming at you with? He's coming at you with lies. Don't know him, so will you. I hope he doesn't. Oh, he already has. And he's coming again. The question is, are you ready for it? If you don't know the truth... You are easily gutted. You are easily made unstable. You're kicked around, tossed around with every wind of doctrine and cunning craftiness and the slight of men whereby they lie in wait to deceive. Does that sound like the enemy? That's the enemy working through men. Lies, trickery, the world is full of it. How do I know what's true and what's not? Only one way. You're filling yourself with the word of truth. You're listening to the spirit of truth. huh? And when you do that, then you will recognize lies and deception when they start to come towards you. You'll go, no, no, hold up, that's not right. And the further I go... The more I see how tricky, how sneaky the enemy is about this, he uses scriptures. He quotes scriptures and, and twists them and tries to misapply to work a lie in there. And if you don't know enough truth, well, it sounds good to me. I mean, he, he used a scripture. He used a, the devil uses scriptures, but you got to rightly divide the what the word truth well how do you how do you rightly divide a scripture of truth only with other truth scripture of truth all of the scriptures of truth you rightly divide a scripture with another scripture and in the mouth of two or three witnesses let every word be established no you don't have to learn hebrew you don't have to learn greek just put your nose in the book right And come to church and get in good meetings and and take advantage of materials. Boy, nowadays, it's a click away. Right? Click away. And you can have all kind of things. But then you're checking everything by the standard of the truth of the written word of God. There's a lot of controversy, and there has been and there will be. People wanting to take you to task about your beliefs. And don't get sucked into that. Don't get pulled into that. Don't let people make it about your opinion or your belief. Make it about the word. Hmm? People say, well, you're just a this or you're just a that. You said, no, no, you don't understand. This is not about my personal preferences or my personal ideas. I believe this book, Man, right. this this the Bible, I believe is the inspired, anointed word of God. It is the final answer to me for everything. It is the truth. Yes. Yes. And if what somebody else says they believe contradicts this, I can't go along with it. People don't want to make it about you and your upbringing or your ignorance or whatever this. No, bring it back to the book. Everybody say it out loud. Bring it back to the book. Somebody wants to fuss with you. They want to argue with you about something, some issue, some topic. What do you do? Come on, help me out. out. Bring it back to the book. You say, well, I, I don't know the scripture. Then you don't know what you believe. You don't even know what you're standing on. You've got to find out what you believe. Where is it at in the book? What does it say? Not what you thought somebody said that it said. What does it say? And you want to be a stickler about the accuracy of the word. You want to watch about modern translations. A lot of them are not good translations. Translations. I know even some of the ones that are popular, go back and, 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 and look at what it actually said, and you'll find people are changing words. They're changing phrases, making it say something that the Lord didn't say. So find things that you can trust. Uh, King James is a good translation, but it's not perfect. Uh, NIV is pretty good, but uh, I use references like Young's literal translation. It doesn't read easy, but It's accurate are y'all with me and, uh, uh, I'll, and, and if something crosses my mind I think hmm, now is that right I'll go and try to find the original phrase and so many times think, when I think well, now hold on that's not the word that they use and how many think nobody should be changing words that God chose if he chose this word who's got a right to substitute different words and phrases for it Mm-mm. the truth said out loud girt about girt about With truth, oh thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord, established in the truth. Now you're trying to think, how are we going to get through all these items, Brother Keith? We're not going to get through them all today. Relax, relax. You you need to come back, huh? This is too big. But but the main thing is not not just did you hear about it and make a note about it. Do you know how to put on? truth. Huh? You got to find out about truth. You got to hear truth. You got to meditate truth. You got to talk truth. And that will cause you to stop being tossed around to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine. I don't care how excited somebody is in their preaching and teaching or who said they saw something or who prophesied something. You should be thinking, Where's the scripture? Amen. What scripture is that based on? Of where? And you got to say, well, I had a verse. Well, the devil quotes scripture too. So where's the other verses that confirm in the mouth of at least two or three witnesses? Where do we see this in the word? No. And if anybody ever says, oh, well, you won't find this in that book. Well, that's time for you to go. <laughs> 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 time for you to leave. Uh, let's go on to the next one then. I think maybe you can take one more or we can get started on one more put up the scripture if you would please Ephesians 6 what was it we were 12, 13 stand therefore having your loins girt about With truth, say it out loud. Truth Truth. will protect me. me. Come on, say it again. Truth Truth. will protect me. me. What if I never hear truth and I don't know truth? I'm exposed. Mm -hmm. I'm not protected. Truth. Say it it another time. Truth Truth. will protect me. me. Where are you going to find truth? Where are you going to find? God is truth. Jesus is truth. His spirit is truth. His word is truth. That's where you're going to find truth. Stand therefore having your loins girt about with truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness. Now don't just focus on breastplate. What's my protection here? Righteousness. Well, we know truth would protect me from lies, deception. What would righteousness protect you from? Hmm? Condemnation. Condemnation. Guilt. Shame. A sense of unworthiness. Hmm? The scripture says, in fact, go to First John. Don't need to move too quickly because we got to know it's the truth. We need to know where it is, right? <laughs> Y'all okay? Putting on the uh, the breastplate of righteousness. First John three and twenty. 1 John 3 and 20. Why would the enemy care about this? What's, why do I need righteousness to protect me? Protect me from what? Well, a sense of unrighteousness. Well, what is unrighteous? Unrighteous is, is not right, not innocent, not clean. That means Guilty condemned but righteousness protects me from that first john 3:20 says if our heart condemn us god is greater than our heart and knows all things this is a great truth here now god's not condemning you hallelujah mm. hallelujah you get a hold of that it'll make you shout all day and all night and from now on Somebody says, what? You ever heard somebody say, yeah, man, I was in that, that ser- service and, and the Holy Spirit really condemned me about some things. No, he did not. No, he didn't. The Holy Spirit did not condemn you about things. You might say, well, I, I sure felt condemned. Well, I don't doubt that. But, <laughs> but that doesn't mean that the Holy Spirit condemned you what's the source of the condemnation here are you reading if if what our heart condemn us when you violate light you do something you know is wrong you don't do something you know you should do your own heart will bother you about it as a believer especially a christian your own heart Will bother you about it. But that's not God condemning you. The truth is. He'll actually comfort you. When your own heart is condemning you. (laughs) If you let him. If you'll think right. But you know what you'll have to do? You'll have to reach over. And get your righteousness breastplate. And you'll have to put it on. Now, have you ever seen in some of the movies, uh, you know, they made these breastplates. And they never made potbelly breastplates. <laughs> uh-uh. I mean, these breastplates have got abs for days. I mean, they're, they're cut. And they got, you know, big showing a chest. But now underneath there is not exactly what you're seeing. But you look good with that breastplate on. (laughs) I'm not just carrying on. Somebody say, "I I look good with the breastplate on. What do you look like with the breastplate on? Righteous. I look like... The righteousness of God. Woo! (laughs) What do you look like under there? We don't want to know. We don't talk about that. (laughs) Don't take it off. Don't take it off. Keep it on. (laughs) You don't want the enemy looking at what's under there. Because what's under there is soft and easy to hurt. What's under? Why, why would they wear a breastplate, man? These are your vital organs under here, right? Your heart, your lungs. I mean, these are vital spots here, and so you need something because the enemy is always trying to pierce. The enemy is always trying to cut. He's always trying with a. You know, the graphic picture here is a spear. Or a blade, or an arrow, something that's going to pierce you. Well, just like you can be pierced uh, physically, you can be pierced spiritually. Yeah, that's right. There are things that can go into you and hurt you to the core, and just you know take the the life and joy and peace out of you. And you—I've seen people's face when they let things come in them, and they just collapse. Well, you laid your protection aside. What would that sound like? I messed up! Oh God, I—I I did what I said I would never do. I—oh, I'm such a failure. Oh, I'm—oh, I'm so—I'm oh, so, I'm such a miserable. Failure as a Christian, as a minister, what happened? You have laid aside your protection, and you are being pierced with condemnation and guilt and shame, and that will gut your faith. Condemnation kills confidence. It just pulls the rug out from under it. If you are full of a sense of guilt and shame, you have no confidence before God, and that'll make you with no confidence before the enemy. Can you see? We need righteousness. Don't we? (laughs) Need it's almost not a big enough word. You need this protect what was what will righteousness protect you from help me out church condemnation. what condemnation guilt shame feeling of inferior inferiority a feeling of worthlessness a sense of failure see christians who are just you know, yielding to depression because of their failures and their sins and mistakes. They have completely laid aside all their armor, and they're totally exposed. And it's no wonder every fiery dart is just going right into them, just taking them out. And all of us have done some of this, but let's wake up. We're in a spiritual battle. We're in a conflict every day. Get your armor on. Right? What do I do? Take righteousness. It's offered to you as a gift. It's not yours, but it's been given to you. It's actually His. Right? It's the Lord Jesus breastplate. And man, you look good. (laughs) You look good with His breastplate on. And that's what you want the enemy seeing when he comes to you. Hmm? Is not your soft exposed belly. Right. <laughs> you want the enemy seeing this beautiful gleaming. Hallelujah. hallelujah. Breastplate. What does it say? Righteous. Right. Their righteousness is of me. That's right. Woohoo. That's right. <laughs> This is the righteousness of God in Christ. It's Jesus' own righteousness. And I have received it. And I put it on. And condemnation can't get to me. There is therefore now no condemnation to me. I don't receive it. I receive the righteousness. I know I've missed it, I know I've made mistakes. But I've repented, and I've received cleansing and washing, and I've received righteousness. Somebody say, I receive righteousness. I I put it on. I put it on like a breastplate. Hallelujah. And it protects me. Glory to God. It protects me from shame. It protects me from guiltiness. Sense and feeling of inferiority and a sense of failure. I don't have to live like that. I must not live like that or I'll be giving place to the enemy. I'll be defeated. I won't be the witness I'm supposed to be. I'll lay around and feel sorry for myself all the time. Act like I can't do anything because I've made mistakes. Who hasn't made some mistakes? Who's God going to use in our generation if he has to find people who haven't made any mistakes? That knocks me out. How about you? No, he uses people just like you. Amen. But you, you can't. You got to quit talking about your failures and mistakes. You got to receive your cleansing, yeah. receive your washing, receive forgiveness, and receive and put on the righteousness of God. Of God. Hallelujah! 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 Hallelujah. Said out loud, righteousness, righteousness. Looks, good looks good on me. On me. Righteousness, righteousness. Protects, me. protects me. It protects my heart. It protects my core. It protects me from being condemned. It protects me from being shamed. Hmm? Why? Because I've been made. I didn't earn it. I've been made. The righteousness of God in Christ. And that is accepted by the Father on high. And if he says it's right and righteous, it is. Glory to God. Somebody say glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Read that next verse, 1 John 3.20. If what condemn us? Our heart condemn us. We, if our heart doesn't condemn, well, back up, read verse 20 again. Let's let's get this together. If our heart condemns us, God's greater than our heart and knows all things. Why say that? If your heart's bothering you about something, don't try to hide it. And don't run from God. He already knows. You can't hide anything from him. So what do you do? You run to him. He already knows. He already knows. He knows all things. Verse 21. Beloved, if our heart condemn us not, then we have confidence. That's how you're going to win these battles. Confidence. That's another word for faith. Confidence toward God. Verse 22. And whatever we ask, we receive of him because we keep in his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. Oh, how, does that sound like winning battles and overcoming? And, but you can't, you can't be exposed with no protection. You've got to put on truth. You've got to put on righteousness. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And there's other things to put on too, but we're out of time today. Stand, stand on your feet.